Had it from a shot off the post, rebound, score! Paul Connor follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcia so on the left. Will Smith got it to him. He scores! Nicholas Wong! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I got plenty of stuff to tell you about, but... Real quick, final four viewing party, property-wide, April 1st and 3rd. Be here, always free parking, great food and drink specials. You're not going to want to miss it. Darren Millard's going to be joining us from San Jose. And Chris Chapman is back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Is Mallard up? He should be good to go. Oh, Mallard, can you hear us? Oh, he cannot. Oh, boy. Well, in the meantime, while Chris Chapman's working through the bugs on the system and not getting Mallard up and running, uh, I got more stuff to tell you about. I'm hanging out here from the Oyo, un, underground, lounge, in, underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. As I mentioned, there will be a Final Four viewing party April 1st and 3rd. Pool season has also begun. Food and drink specials with that as well. We've got North America's largest Hooters. Come on down here, get some food, hang out. Oh, yeah, $1 blackjack tables, only casino on the strip doing that, and home of the $2 Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra here inside the Underground Lounge. This is the place to hang out. This is where I am every single Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m., and this is what makes Chris Chapman and Darren Millard, when he's not in town, super-duper jealous of me. Is that not true, guys? Well, he can't hear you, uh, (laughs) but I, I can hear you. Um, and yes, I hear freeze frame. Hold on, hold by, on, hold on, hold on. What, by the Jay Giles, Jay Giles band. The, yeah, yeah. What's the problem, Chapman? So why can't, why can't he hear us? Well, because I can't put you in program two, because what? you'll hear an echo, right? If I have you in program two. Oh boy, this is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in uh, we're in a conundrum, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, in the break, <laughs> we we may have to have you redial in something on something else, but. Chapman, why don't you take? Why don't you just talk for three minutes and we'll dial in? Okay, I'll bring Darren up. He yes, can talk, boom. and then you guys redial. How's okay, that? Okay, fantastic. All right. All right, sounds good. Hey, Darren, can you hear me? I got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, good, good. Uh, so <laughs> we we've got the uh, conundrum figured out. So Ryan will be back in what, a few uh, minutes. What, what did you What did you guys do wrong? Like, how, how did it go all wrong? I was gone for four minutes. Four <laughs> minutes. So. And the whole show goes to hell in a handbasket. I, 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 I can't leave for four minutes. That's so, yes, it's it's a it. technical issue that we're having because of the uh, specific. Because Ryan, of course, is at Underground Lounge at Oyo. Yep. And uh, so he's dialed in on the access unit and technical jargon here for those who aren't radio people. Well, well, we got we got to have him dial in on plans. What's that? Don't go. Yeah, so so he's redialing in on something else, and and we'll be uh, we'll have him up. Actually, I think he's I think he's back now. Can you guys hear me now? How about that? Well, we got you on the fly, baby. Should have all the stuff figured out. That's why I leave 
Chapman in charge, is to sort this stuff out, and instead, it has to happen for my hotel room in San Jose to get everything sorted out, and now we can talk about uh, what happened last night and uh, and the various uh, situations that uh, went down in that crucial game against the Edmonton Oilers and what lies ahead, because what we got out of last night with Edmonton winning in regulation and then Los Angeles losing in regulation against the uh, Calgary Flames is one heck of a week in store for us because those two teams are going to play each other later on this week. And Vegas starts a, a home and home with the Minnesota Wild, who are contending for the Central Division. The National Hockey League has always prided itself on pretty. This has taken itself to the next level in a season in which you have one of the best performances ever by a single team. But the rest of it, it, it is it is one of those situations where it's like like Boston's playing in a totally different league than the other 31 <laughs> franchises. Yeah, it uh, you're not wrong. Um, the Boston Bruins are, are an interesting team. Last night's game was, frankly, one of those situations where um, I, I liked... I like the the amount of the amount of movement we saw. Obviously, the goals early on were fun. That place, the building, T-Mobile, was rocking, and I really felt like there were pockets in the game where the Golden Knights had an opportunity to seize momentum back. And you got to give a lot of credit to the Edmonton Oilers, specifically their special teams, for really dashing a lot of that for the Golden Knights. Brian, when you looked at last night's game, and I kept saying it because I happened to watch the uh, the contest with former National Hockey League defenseman Jeff Sharples, and we were going back and forth uh, about the game, and one of us would say something about the potency of Edmonton, mm-hmm. and then the other one, and we took turns going going through this uh, this Abbott Costello act that uh, that we were performing. The other one would come back and go, but Vegas is right in this thing. Yeah. And it happened from the early going, from Vegas scoring first, uh, Edmonton countering, and then uh, the the Vegas goal of the night scoring on two of the first three shots, yet being down a goal. It was bizarre. They, they'd scored on 66% of the shots. <laughs> and they, they at, at, at one point, uh, were, were just, uh, like, for the longest stretch, were, were only down a goal uh, against a team that uh, was just racking it up on the power play and it was hard to 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 sort of correlate some kind of sense about it because uh, on one hand vegas was scoring but on the flip side uh they weren't generating a lot of opportunities they were opportunistic and then you had the fact that edmonton was just so lights out it it was it was a nightmare for one of those uh those uh, scribes who had to do a game recap like how do you sum that thing up well, I think you sum it up in, in a couple of different ways. I think for the Golden Knights, as you mentioned, Darren, they were opportunistic for sure. But then you start to look at it and kind of peel the layers, and you just you wanted for more offensive zone time. You wanted for more chances directed at Stuart Skinner because I don't believe Stuart Skinner played a particularly strong game between the pipes for the Edmonton Oilers. And if the Golden Knights were just able to get a little bit more going in their direction offensively, Maybe we're looking at this game a little bit differently, but I, I mean the the game story for me is you can't take penalties against the Edmonton Oilers, and the Golden Knights took three. The Oilers scored three power play goals, and they used that machine to really put themselves in a favorable position going into a third period. So you want you want to get into the power play thing right now, uh, right off the bat? 
Oh, yeah, we can if you want to. You, you've, you've led me down that path. Yeah. I've told you guys before. Yeah. I told you yesterday. Yeah. And I'll tell you again today. You're going to take penalties against the Edmonton Oilers. It's not about taking penalties. They were not undisciplined last night. Three penalties against that team is not a horrible total at all. You're you're one off what I would consider to be a a great game. If you take two or fewer penalties, you are outstanding. Three penalties is really good. That's what they did. They took three penalties uh, in in the game against the Edmonton Oilers last night. The, The issue was... They couldn't kill them, and 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 they they happened fast. Like the first one was seven seconds, the second one was like twenty four. Like, the 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 Edmonton Oilers barely had thirty seconds of power play time in the first two uh, man advantages, and they scored two goals. Uh, they they weren't terrible penalties. It wasn't uh, somebody uh, coming unglued and taking an offensive zone uh, tripping penalty, one hundred eighty feet from the net. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't awful. In fact, Bruce Cassidy thought the first call. Was was a little bit uh, uh, misguided sure. in in the uh, angle of, of what the referee saw. So uh, uh, it, again, you're going to take penalties against uh, a team that's as fast and as skilled as as that team. Would would you like to go penalty free? Sure, but look, uh, and I haven't done this, but uh, if if anybody, and I'll, I'll I'll see if I can grab my notes from last night. Look at how many times this year Edmonton's gone through a game without a power play. I bet it's not more than two, if it's even two. Yeah. Because of what they generate and how they put you on your heels and, and, and ends up uh, that, that you're going to take uh, some kind of uh, penalty. Uh, so it, the, the issue to me was, one, how fast Edmonton was at converting on those power plays. And we weren't talking about any fluke, like triple bouncers off legs. And going in, uh, th- that that was as slick as you can come up with. Now, there's there's two things. One, Vegas has to be certainly uh, more defiant in their penalty kill. You you, you got to give yourself a chance. And we're giving up power play goals in the first 30 seconds of the man advantage. Well, that that shows uh, a, a huge void in your defense mechanism. But the other part is. We're looking at a power play right now, Ryan, mm-hmm. that is borderline the best in National Hockey League history yeah. in a single season. Yeah. Like the, the, the best all time. 175,000 years they've been playing hockey. Uh, and just over a hundred in, in in the National Hockey League. This is the best power play of all time yeah. in a single season. It's rivaling the Montreal Canadiens in 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 the seventies. It's already the best power play uh, over a three year stretch of all time. So, if you, yeah, you you don't want to take penalties. No, you want to kill them off. But the other part is there's got to be a bit of a stick tap here to what. Edmonton's able to do, and you you're hoping that Vegas can find a way to get through it. But when Edmonton scored those those man advantage goals, was there a person in the in the rink that went, oh, "Should have had that one," or, "Boy, missed a check there." No, it was. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. Okay. Did you see that? Like that that was the reaction to it. So just because you brought it up and, and it, it, it kind of 
leads into something, or at least an ideology or a thought process. Um, I know you're not on Twitter very much, but there were some out there last night that were frustrated with the Leon Dreisaitl power play goal to make it three to two um, at in the th- in the first period because. That was a goal that some people wanted to hang on Jonathan Quick, and I don't understand that at all. You've got Connor McDavid, who's got 60 goals in the league this year. He is looking for 70. He's got the puck on his blade coming downhill. You have to respect that shot, and McDavid is just just as good a passer as he is a shooter, and all of a sudden, you tap it on over to Leon Dreisaitl. It's an empty net goal, but like you, you have so many options if you're the Oilers on the power play that I'm with you, Darren. It's tic-tap. It's, oh, my goodness. Could you believe the puck movement? Could you believe what they were able to do? I don't know anyone that's going to be able to, to, to stop that, and yet there were some that felt that it should have been, it, that should have been a goal that did not count, that, that the Golden Knights should have found a way to stop that play. Well, on that particular play, there's two things here. Yeah. Uh, one is the goaltending. The goaltending did not play a part in, in those three power play goals against yeah, uh, there's, I agree. There was one goal on the night that, that Jonathan Quick wanted to stop. Sure. Well, he wanted to stop them all, but he, <laughs> where he, he looks at it and says, I have to come up with a save in that, in that motion. Yeah. Uh, and that was the Darnell Nurse goal. Uh, defending on, on the, the dry sidle play, well, there's, there's a seam pass that goes down low, and that puck, you hope, doesn't get through there. Yeah. But then you've got two of the world's best players throwing it around, and and it didn't like it. It's what happens when you've got players of that ability is it speeds things up. So you have to either when you're defending it as a skater or you're defending it as a goalie, you feel like you have to get there extra fast to be in position to be able to stop that puck. Yeah. And I saw a little bit of that on on all all the goals where you're you're trying to defend those two uh, superstars, but you're trying to do your 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 structure uh, job, and then when they start throwing it around, you start uh, uh, acting too fast and taking yourself out of play. Overplaying is is probably the best phrase that I can use. Uh, overplaying the situation, and the dry saddle goal was a perfect example of that by the yeah. players and by quick over. It didn't take uh, away from the fact that it was two all-world athletes at the top of their skill level who, who, who made the play. And uh, that, that one's on, on the, the, the skaters, quite, quite honestly, because yeah. you've, you've got this cross-ice, uh, rink-wide seam pass going over. Jonathan Quick is already under siege. Like, you, you don't know what it's like when you're just hanging on. And even a couple of saves that he made early on where he was just hanging on yeah. and, and everything is going crazy, whether you're 16 years or you're, your second game in the league, uh, and, and you got to get over it because you know it's Connor on, on that side. Like Everything happens a little bit fast. you you got to help your, your goaltender a little bit. Uh, you got to help yourself a little bit, and you you got to hope for a break. And, and they didn't get any type uh, on it. But as far as not taking uh, about the discipline or taking too many penalties, you're going to take two to three penalties against that team. Yeah. That's, that's just the fact of life. Where you have to be better is you have to come up with one or two kills. And in the two games against Edmonton, Ryan, which was a win in overtime and a regulation loss, 
Vegas did a really good job from a discipline standpoint. Very impressive. Took five penalties in two games. Yeah. Now you'll take that. Two and a half penalties against the, the Edmonton Oilers, or anybody, really. Uh, and, and this is the least penalized team in the National Hockey League. Uh, they give up the fewer minor, fewest uh, man advantage opportunities in the NHL. But over those five power play opportunities that Edmonton had in those two games, they scored in four of them. Yeah. So you, you, you got that's where where the urgency arrives if you are looking down the road in a potential playoff matchup. It's not taking too many penalties. It's not killing what 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 you got. I to be and to be fair, I I don't know that the Golden Knights if I look at last night's game, like I, I don't view it as an undisciplined game because they took three penalties. Like I, I know I talked about wanting to stay out of the box against the Edmonton Oilers because you just know how potent their power play is going to be. Um, I didn't have any issue with that in terms of the Golden Knights last night. I don't think that they were undisciplined. I'm not mad that they took the penalties. It's more the idea that the Edmonton Oilers, no matter who they play in the first round of the playoffs, no matter what the opponent is going against them, like you have to either figure out how to stay out of the box or you've got to have an elite penalty kill or, or a penalty kill that can neutralize what the Oilers are going to do over a seven-game series because what you're seeing out of the Edmonton Oilers right now is, is nearly automatic with the man advantage. They're just that good, and it starts, to, it starts to make you think about what that looks like over seven games. Well, there's two things uh, there. One, you're absolutely right. What does that look like over over seven games, yeah. and how much can that change a series when you have uh, a power play that's contending for for the best power play of all time? And right now, the Edmonton Oilers have the best power play in a single season in National Hockey League history. They're now humming at thirty two point seven percent. Yeah, the next best occurred in the late seventies by. A dynasty at the time in the Montreal Canadiens at 31.9, so almost a percentage uh, lower. And the New York Islanders, who were about to break through as the next great dynasty. Uh, uh, and, and there's only ever been four power plays in a single NHL season to average over 30%. And Wayne Gretzky's Oilers were never one of them. All right. So there, there, there's a little bit of perspective. And this is the first time since the, the late 70s that anybody's been pushing 30%. So there, there, there you go. The next best outside of those late 70s teams and this year was the Edmonton Oilers from two years ago. So the, that's the class that you're talking about. Uh, when you're in a seven-game series, you can certainly get more specific in your defending yeah uh, that is going to uh, make a difference uh, both from the attack mode and from the defending mode uh, both teams are going to make adjustments and they do in, in every series what I see as the difference between Edmonton and their success and everybody else trying to defend it is it's uber quick it is just defyingly fast in, in how they throw the puck around. One touch passes and then ends up and it's a one timer. Like yeah. it just it it it's not somebody hammering from the point. 
It's not Ovechkin uh, clapping it from, from the left side. It's just fast movement. And then you add into it the world-class skill, and you've got this, this opportunity to put up historic numbers. I, I don't know, quite honestly, Ryan, mm-hmm. how you defend it. Yeah, like I, I'm not. I'm not the hockey coach uh, in this. When when I look at it, I can give you some some examples of different ways to defend. But as soon as you've got Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Evan Bouchard uh, up top, uh, moving moving that puck around, and and Bouchard's done a great job stepping in for Tyson Berry yeah. uh, on that power play. When as soon as they start making uh, some quick movement. And somebody does, from a defending side, and I'll put the Golden Knights in this category or the Arizona Coyotes, because it's the same type of breakdown, the mistake that leads to the goal. Mm. It's when somebody tries to get there too fast or overplays. It's not as much being behind the play, although you end up there. Sure. It's when somebody tries to get there too fast because they know what's coming. That they're going to snap this thing around and it's going to be crazy. They got the bumper, they got the point, they got the wing, they got the uh, other side uh, down low. Uh, when when you try to be uh, ahead of the play, you end up putting yourself out of position. And if they adjust to that, Ryan, so yeah. you're now trying to beat a play to to uh, the left side. I see that. I go to the middle. Boom! It's in. And uh, uh, to to the bumper spot, well, that's a wide open position now, because you've gambled. You're not supposed to be where you are. I'm now trying to cover for you. They move it to the to the near side boards, and it's a wide open net. Yeah. And and that, that's exactly what you saw on the dry side of play. Not not to that extreme. It was the the, the right side in the middle because everybody went to the right side trying to get there ahead because that was Connor McDavid over there. You gotta cover Connor McDavid. As soon as you do too much, then it leaves somebody open. And trying to do too much is valuable. Mm-hmm. It's commendable, and we all love the athlete that tries to go above and beyond. But when you're in a structure situation like a penalty kill is, you have to be disciplined with your movement mm-hmm. and your reads and. When you're not against the Edmonton Oilers, it bites you. And it's, the, ladies and gentlemen, it's the best power play ever. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know how you defend it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to win them games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but if if you can do what what Edmonton and Vegas did on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and only take two penalties, which is the bare minimum, and you both score a power play goal. Well, that's okay. Now, now the overall special teams last night. Yeah. What What was the number? Like the the overall special two games wasn't terribly lopsided. Right. And and yeah. I know people are screaming at me saying how how can you say that? But it wasn't. They well. they it was a complete wash. Um. In, in Edmonton sure. on Saturday, sure, and 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 last night uh, Vegas was able to score uh, a shorthanded goal yeah. in in the midst of all that uh, that that chaos. Uh, they they put up some some opportunities, and 
you you look at the, the three power play goals for uh, the the Edmonton Oilers. Sure, that's gonna that's gonna jump out at you, mm-hmm. but Vegas got one one shorty, so you end up minus two in two games. That that's not terrible, but you got to find a way to kill off one of those three or two of those three, and. Bruce Cassidy will will be all over that uh, videotape, and Ryan uh, Craig and yeah. John Stevens uh, looking at it. Uh, and and part of it is I don't want to say chaos, but it was it was so crazy in the in the rink anyway last <laughs> night. Uh, the way the way the the pucks were going in, yeah. uh, I thought we were heading for a like a nine eight game kind of thing. Sure. When, when everything's just sped up so fast, it's hard even for the world's greatest athletes to to come up uh, with plays. I I'm explaining it the best I can. Yeah. But the the big picture here that everybody looks at is how how do you come out ahead of that in a playoff series if you meet them? And and, and that's 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 where the athletes are going yeah. to have to be so disciplined. Mentally, as much as physically, uh, to to stay where they're supposed to go, or B, stay where they're supposed to be and not chase it and overplay it, and then the coaches, it's it's going to be a fifty fifty issue here. The coaches have to devise a strategy to try and shut those guys down. And when they tweak it, when Edmonton does tweak it, if you shut them down, then you got to be ready for that. So I, I think it, it would be a fascinating. Uh, matchup mm-hmm. between uh, a great penalty killing uh, team in in Edmonton. Now Riley Smith's not in there, and uh, you, you can put a couple of other uh, asterisks uh, in there that, uh, that, that that would make Vegas better uh, in this situation. But uh, I I think it'd be fun to see because right now when when Edmonton goes in the power play, I put down a goal. Sure, like it it it's it's more than one in three right now. Which is is staggering. Yeah, I, I, you're not wrong. And, you know, as, as you're kind of explaining some of the processes and you say, I don't know how to defend it, I, I think that that's accurate, right? Because if you're trying to do too much and it opens up a seam, if you're more passive, it'll open up other opportunities in different spots. And because the Oilers have so many players that can put the puck in the back of the net on the man advantage and so many different weapons and different types of players that can score and different ways that they can score, it's it's going to be real interesting. Like I'd love to see that chess match. I'd love to see what it looks like with Bruce Cassidy trying to game plan a way to to defeat the Edmonton Oilers power play. It'd be it'd be fascinating to watch. You also need your power play to answer. Yeah, it did on on Saturday. So that that turned out to be one power play goal each. You weren't perfect penalty killing, but you got a power play goal. Now, they had chances last night when it was close, and it was close for a long time, Yeah, uh, quite honestly. The the score doesn't show it, but it, it was there for Vegas. And I, I thought, even, even when they were down three, uh, you know, with, with the way Edmonton gives up chances, the way <laughs> they give up goals, and Stuart Skinner came up with some saves, uh, I thought that game was available. They've got three power play opportunities. You put one of those in, it's it's a brand new game. You don't have to win the power play matchup, but you got to be closer than 0 for three against three for three, which is 
they were. And they, I know they scored the the shorty, but uh, but that's not going to happen every night. You you, you got to get a little bit more out of your own side too. Mm-hmm. But I I I at the risk of of talking about the other team too glowingly. Boy oh boy, did I have fun watching that! Like <laughs> it was just, it was like dro- made me drool. Yeah, with I, I've never seen anything like it, and and to be able to watch it firsthand and to be able to zip it around. And I told you I was with a, a former National Hockey League defenseman, Jeff Sharples, who watches yeah. as much hockey as anybody, and and he's hitting me as as we watching. Like it, it's it was it's a real treat. Uh, it's historic to watch. That was one that you move on from, but it gets a little bit real uh, in a little bit. And, and maybe, uh, again, a little bit less chasing, a little bit less overplaying, uh, not passive, yeah. but controlled, and, and maybe give yourself a, a little bit of a chance. But the, the, the just the uh, uh, ancillary part of the game was chaotic, three 3-2, 10 minutes in. Uh, you, you can't catch your breath at all no. uh, with what's going on added to the, to the chaos of the night. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. It was a really – and this, this is tough because I know the audience, right? Like I understand no one wants to hear this, but that was really, really entertaining. Through the first 40 minutes or so of that game, 35 minutes if you want to kind of view it from a Golden Knights perspective, like it was – back and forth action i thought the golden knights as, as you mentioned darren like i thought we were heading to a 9-8 game i thought with with how Stuart skinner was shaky early and how the golden knights were kind of scoring every single time they put the puck on net i thought if they could just continue to generate chances it was going to be back and forth all night long it didn't end up that way but you know you you, you got to give a lot of credit and you have to understand just how talented and how special this this edmonton oilers power play is and how talented and special Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and, and now we should start talking about him a bit more. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, phenomenal, just phenomenal stuff from the Oilers. Yeah. Sixth in the NHL scoring now. You've got three players on the Edmonton Oilers yeah. in the top six in, in, in scoring. Try and stop that. And and that this, this Vegas team is first place in the conference, top spot in the division, and that happens to them. So imagine uh, how everybody else – Feels. And and that was a highly motivated, very uh, focused uh, Oilers team. Very impressive uh, performance. Three games and four nights, back to back, etc. But when when Michael Amadio scored, yeah, back, uh, to early in the second period last night, made it three three. Did you not get the sense like, okay, here here we go. Uh, the Oilers are going to have trouble defending. Uh, it's going to end up being a high scoring game. But uh, but uh, they the Golden Knights will find a way to to win this game. I, I did even when Darnell Nurse eventually gets that goal that that finds its way into the back of the net, uh, mm. the seeing eye goal. It's it's okay. There there've been back and forth momentum swings, um, but it really got away from Vegas in the in the in the back half of the the second period and resulted in Jonathan Quick uh, leaving early for the first time. Yeah, I I had a really good feeling after Matteo scored. I, I kind of felt that way because. As we talked about pregame, I, I imagined that if there was going to be a pocket in time where the Golden Knights could exploit the Oilers, if they were going to be tired at all, it was going to be in the in the back half of the second period. Yes. And then, you know, yeah. that's that's kind of where I felt like that game was going to turn. It just turned in the opposite direction. The Darnell Nurse goal happens, and then Leon Dreisaitl setting up Evander Kane. I think that, to me, was the moment where I was like, 
okay, you could kind of feel the air deflate a little bit. It was just a, a great play, but yeah, I, I was with you. I thought at 3-3 the Golden Knights were going to start to turn it up and take advantage of what should have been a very tired Edmonton Oilers team. There's things to grip to that are positive from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint. I'll tell you about that moving forward. Also, what I liked about last night's game from Vegas specifically and what concerned me the most beyond the power play. It's all coming up from San Jose and the Oil Hotel and Casino. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Darren Millard in San Jose, the Golden Knights on the road to take on the Sharks tomorrow night. How about that? You're going 100 miles an hour, back-to-back games against the Edmonton Oilers, a tour through Western Canada, all kinds of intensity. And then you got to turn around and you got to face a team that has some rivalry aspects to it, but mm-hmm. also a team... Uh, near the bottom of the standings, the third worst point total in the National Hockey League. And it should, I'm expecting, to be a quieter building given uh, the performance of this team this year. So you, they're going to have to lean on themselves to, to get things going and get things going in the right uh, uh, direction to face a team that beat the Winnipeg Jets last night on the back of a great goaltending performance. A lot of people slag at Winnipeg today because of the 3 nothing loss. Uh, they sure. were the better team by far in that game last night. They just couldn't score yeah. uh, against James Reimer. Uh, a lot of, uh, I took it a lot of box score reporters last night on Twitter uh, <laughs> from, from what I could see, uh, just looking at the result and uh, and knowing that the, the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets are a team that uh, is slightly uh, dysfunctional right now. Uh, but the Vegas Golden Knights will try to get things going uh, back in the uh, in the proper way uh, tomorrow. It, it's a 17-4-3 and record since the All-Star yeah. break. Yeah, It's great. They'll take like, that. Yeah. Don't overreact to one game. Uh, it was a, a wild game. It was a memorable game. It had uh, some some high-profile storylines with high-profile players, and you gave up uh, seven goals, which matched a, a season high. But don't overreact to one game. Uh, there's there's parts of it that I appreciate from Vegas, and there's parts that I I didn't like. And I'm not going to talk about special teams at all. What I didn't like was the lack of pressure on Stuart Skinner, who is vulnerable in that goaltending setup uh, with with the Edmonton Oilers. You scored two of your three shots, but it was there to put a little bit more pressure on, and they didn't get that sustained pressure, or they didn't get those chances. They had some good looks. Stuart Skinner came up with some some saves, but at the the end, the totals were were 39-22 in shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, for a team that was playing on back-to-back and third game in four nights, there, were, there was a lot of uh, uh, ammunition there to expect that Vegas would be the team that carried the play instead of the team that was on the receiving end of the goals and the territorial uh, possession. Uh, the 39 is going to happen, and it has uh, against Vegas. The 22 shots, four, including uh, in that, is is uh, three power play opportunities. You, you need to generate more, and that's the part that stuck out to me mm-hmm. uh, when I went back and, and kind of went through my notes and, and looked at uh, the game uh, highlights uh, when I got home that there just wasn't enough there from 
their own initiative of, of generating chances. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. Uh, I thought for the Golden Knights, you score two goals on your first three shots. You, you have the building going. I, I just wanted more offense. I wanted more pucks directed at Stuart Skinner. I wanted more of a challenge to the inside, force him to make some saves. Like, you've got a goalie that could have been reeling in that moment, and uh, to me it felt like the Golden Knights kind of let him, let him off the hook there in that moment. Now, a lot of that has to do with the Edmonton Oilers pushing the pace back the other way. They were able to generate some really good scoring chances, play in the offensive zone a lot, but I just feel like given the type of game that we got in the first 10 minutes, if the Golden Knights would have been able to generate more offense in the first period, in the second period, uh, it could have certainly been a different game. The Edmonton pushing the pace? Good. Yeah. Edmonton scoring in the power play? I get it. But five on five, Vegas can skate with the with the Edmonton Oilers. And they're you could probably sell me on on being better than the Edmonton Oilers. I think they're deeper than the Edmonton Oilers, for yeah. sure. Uh, deeper than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, better blue line uh, than the Edmonton Oilers. Five on five, there's no reason why the shots are that lopsided against the Vegas Golden Knights. So 22 shots on goal last night for a total for Vegas is way too low. Yeah. When you had the goalie on the ropes, you could have finished him easily. And the other guy coming in hasn't been uh, a, a stopper like Turk Broda at all either. So that that part I'm having trouble getting over uh, today and, and reconciling with. The power play, fine. I chalk it up. Historic, yeah. fine. But five on five, Vegas is a better team uh, than, than, the, uh, than the Edmonton Oilers. And they can defend. And they can defend as a unit. Uh, the part that I loved, Vegas scores four goals again. You look at these two games, and here's, here's the greatness of hockey. How did you feel Talking to you right now, Sharon and Tyler, right. you two in particular. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel Saturday night after the game in Edmonton? Vegas scored four goals, and they win it in overtime. And it, it, it's just crazy about the game of hockey. Mm. You scored the last goal last night. <laughs> you scored four goals on the night, and you leave with a totally different feeling. But you scored the same amount of goals and a goal total that has been money for you. That's the first time all year, more than uh, uh, 30 games in a row for Vegas, winning by scoring four goals or more. Yeah. That's the lucky number. That's the magic number. And they did the exact, they put the exact same total on as they did on Saturday. And it was a much different feeling. So you, but at least you were still scoring the goals, and you got goals from Marcheseau with a pair, big, big, big play, big play by Matteo, mm-hmm. and and William Carlson finding the net. So so more depth, and and I thought Phil Kessel had himself a game. Yeah, uh, for, until until things got away in in the third period, uh, I was really impressed with with Phil's game. But the four goals, I I you can't look to me and say. Uh, that uh, that they got totally uh, their lunch handed to them. No, they they scored four goals. They allowed three on the power play. Uh, there you go. It's uh, basically I know the shorty, but uh, you take the power play out of play. Mm-hmm. It's four four, and 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 you're in the, you're in the game. So I think there's there's some real positives. If it was seven one, 
and and you only had twenty two shots. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of uh, more issues there, but you you got the concern by my side at twenty two shots, but you also scored that magic number of four. That's that gives me a lot of confidence in this team and uh, the potential matchup favoring Vegas in the long run at the end of the series. Yeah, I, I think the Golden Knights can score against the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not concerned about that. Over the course of a seven-game series, I don't think the Golden Knights are going to have a hard time finding the back of the net, whether it's Stuart Skinner, whether it's Jack Campbell. I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be a team that's ever going to be able to shut it down. I just don't think that that's in their DNA. The question becomes, can you shut down the Edmonton Oilers? Because I, I think that, you know, again, you've, you kind of saw the good and the bad. You saw the Golden Knights shutting down Edmonton to a degree on Saturday, and it was a 4-3 final because the Edmonton Oilers can score even when you shut them down. And then you see what happens when you're not able to shut it down on the power play. You're not able to shut it down at 5-on-5. Five five, and, you know, the game can kind of get away from you relatively quickly. So uh, I, I'm with you in that I don't worry about the Golden Knights' ability to score against Edmonton. The question at some point, should that series happen, is can the Golden Knights consistently shut down Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and and keep them to three or less? That's that's the question. Would you like a series against Edmonton? Oh gosh, I so would. Like I I know that after t- after last night's game, like that's probably not a super popular opinion, but I'm selfish. I want to see the best in the world play. I'd love to see Vegas Edmonton. I, I would be so intrigued by that series. Can we do a Twitter poll? Okay. And you look at the the standings right now. Okay. As we as we and there's the potential to play LA or Edmonton mm-hmm. in the first round, depending yep. on where you slot in, in in those top three. Or Winnipeg or Calgary. That's where I see it going. Though those are the four realistic teams who would you most like to play in the first round the Edmonton Oilers offer all kinds of drama but you can also get over that hurdle right I'm not kidding when I tell you I would rather play Winnipeg First, <laughs> well, that's gonna skew. Okay, but no, putting, no, no, no. Putting but, Winnipeg but, but listen, Calgary listen. in is gonna skew things. No. Okay, let, let let me let me because because the the other results still count, right? Yeah. I would rather play Winnipeg first, but second on that list would be Edmonton. I, the the depth and the size uh, of Los Angeles. Uh, would would cause me to want to push that back to a second round series if it happens. Let somebody else try and take the bite out of them in, in the first round series. And Calgary's big and strong, and if they get in, they'll have confidence. I would take my chances going up against the best two players in the world, three of the top six, and and put my faith in the coaching staff and this veteran group to play and come out five on five ahead and take your chances uh, with the odd power play goal for your side and trying to resemble some kind of defense uh, against their power play. I Yeah, I admit, I take Winnipeg first, but Edmonton would be number two. And you, the other part of that is 
just the sensation. Like it's, it would be must see TV across the National Hockey League, and what a cool opportunity that would be for <laughs> us as people from the Las Vegas Valley to be able to uh, absorb the national spotlight a little bit and, and have all the eyes on you. That that would be pretty cool in itself. So, uh, where where are you in your one, two, three, four? So I'm I'm like 100% on the Winnipeg Jets train for sure. Like if if I'm if you're giving me an option of what yeah. team I want the most, the Winnipeg Jets. I, they're a fragile team. The Golden Knights have done really well against Winnipeg earlier this season. Now that was a long, long time ago, but that was also when the Winnipeg Jets were playing really, really well. So I, I'll take my chances against Winnipeg in the first round. Um, from there, I, I'm. From there, I, I I don't know that I want Calgary because no. that's a that's a heavy heavy series. Yes. And the same thing with LA. And they play like, different than every other team. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I can I guess I can understand. Like I, I guess I'd go Winnipeg Edmonton, um, and then you know it's kind of a toss up between LA and Calgary. I, I kind of view them in, in similar fashion, though yeah. the Calgary Flames they they will take a, a pound of flesh for sure. Over the course of seven games, so um, well, yeah, we got it I'll, going on last night. Yeah, I'll go Winnipeg. I'll go Edmonton. Those are one-two for me. Okay, uh, I'm curious about the results here. Uh, Winnipeg's going to run away with it. <laughs> yeah, but un- unless you don't put Winnipeg on it, I don't know if you've done the poll already. But I, I uh, haven't. The, I haven't. I'm going to put it out right now. Do you want me to? Do you want me to leave Winnipeg on? Because we, I, I think it will be Winnipeg. So yeah. why don't you leave Winnipeg off? Okay, take, take Winnipeg off and All go right. Calgary, Edmonton, L.A. Okay. Who would you like to play? And boy, I, I have no trouble taking Vegas against Edmonton, having seen what they can improve on. And if you play a majority of the series, five on five, I like the chances. We got to take uh, set you for hour number two of San Jose and Las Vegas on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, the rain can scram anytime. I'll create some sunshine for you in hour number two. Two pairs of tickets to see the Golden Knights take on the LA Kings. Will that be Jonathan Quick facing his old team? Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show is on the way in Fox Sports Las Vegas.